Welcome to This Is Us with Key and Clyde. I'm Key. And I'm happy they found some complexion-matching props for the gag in Randall's office where they were dancing in the muscle shirts and the muscle-like bodies. Well done, prop team. Well done. (laughs) This week, we're covering Season 5, Episode 5, A Long Road Home. Yeah, Key, we're back, finally. It's been a, a long break. Uh, and we finally have a little This Is Us to talk about, to watch. Yeah. So was last night. It's definitely been good. It's good to be back. Um, one pressing question from last year's episode, last episode, was about the ovulation kit. Yes. And teenage Kate having an ovulation kit and then showing a positive pregnancy test. Well, the producers of This Is Us have answered. It was an error. It was a mistake. And because they were editing from home, it was harder to catch that mistake. If they had been in their studios, you know, with their big monitors and things like that, it would have been, um, they would have been able to catch it. But they admitted that it was an error. Well, thank you. This is us team. And by the way, if this is your first time, you're watching us live on Facebook on YouTube. Uh, Feel free to post a comment. We'll check out their comments as we go into the show. Maybe answer a couple questions if you have them. But uh, thank you for those of of you who are watching us live. Um, Oh, hi, people. (laughs) There are those numbers. Yes. Yeah, we don't do every episode um, live. We've been doing more video this season, but sometimes we decide to go on live and sometimes we can't manage that. Uh, but we usually were getting videos out this season consistently. So welcome. Yeah, schedules are tough. It's, it's You're trying to manage a whole bunch of stuff. So, But we're excited to talk about this week's episode, A Long Road Home. Yes. All right, Key, why don't, you, uh, why don't we get to some listeners' comments from the last episode? Right. So um, from the last episode, this is a bit of a thesis. Thesis. Okay. <laughs> um, she actually called it In Defense of Kevin, and Ooh. we got this last year. Um, but I hadn't read it in a while. And so when I was actually naming it, I also called it in defense of Kevin. So either it stuck with me or I just knew that that was an appropriate title, um, from Miss Courtney. And here we go. I bring it Courtney. I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't heard this. I'm, I'm listening to this for the first time. Like, so she says, I'm calling this thesis I'm, I'm here to defend Kevin. I absolutely hated him in season one. But toward the end, into season two, I realized how misunderstood he was. Uh Everyone is talking about the attention that he got from Jack and Rebecca. But was it really the right attention? There's an episode, can't remember which season, where one of the young Kevins, the middle young Kevin, has an outburst saying how he always has to take a back seat to make sure that Randall doesn't feel too adopted and that Kate doesn't feel too something. Left out, maybe. She had trash frenemies around then. She did. And it's pretty true. It might be the same episode where they go to the pool and Kevin gets lost in the shuffle while Jack gives Kate his shirt because the mean girls make fun of her in the swimsuit and we meet the black moms for the first time that help Rebecca navigate through having a black son. Where was Kevin's attention then? Wasn't he splashing around in the pool with Jack? I feel like Kevin is basically the middle child. Well, he almost drowned that episode, don't you remember? He did, yeah. Um, I feel like Kevin is basically the middle child and because he seems the most quote-unquote okay... Jack and Rebecca don't actually pay attention to what he needs. Even in the episode where we see how Kevin gets into weightlifting, he only sticks it out because he overhears Jack saying he's soft and he wants so desperately to earn his dad's love, respect. 
All of this to say, I feel like Kevin is a character with the most comprehensive development over the seasons, and I love him now. Mm. All of that said, Kevin still has some majorly bratty tendencies, but both truths can exist. Yes, his family, parents gave him attention, but they didn't necessarily give him what he needed from them. That's not to say that they didn't do their best, but his reality isn't convoluted. It's truly his experience with them, and it shaped his very frenetic need for approval from those around him, especially those in some positions of power influence over him. There's one more paragraph, but do you want to address any of that? I, I, I'm right now. I'm just thinking. I, Courtney doesn't have her master's. This is this is this is Courtney. We know. Yes, I'm Did just she have your master's, Courtney. I can't remember. I'm just saying, Courtney has really had some time to think about she has. Kevin and and she's really defending him as a middle child as a you know not getting enough love and attention she's making a compelling case and as we go into this last paragraph I got to tell you I'm still on the fence I don't know that I'm 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 buying that you know woe is Kevin but let's let's see how this ends okay I think all of that also plays into why his relationship with Randall has always been so rocky, complicated. He truly loves him as a brother, but he has trouble liking him because he feels like Randall has always been the reason he couldn't get the type of attention he wanted, felt he deserved. Randall was not only the different one in the sense that he was both black and adopted and their parents never wanted him to feel left out, but he was also the most academically interested and inclined. That's a whole different psychological path that I'm glad Randall is finally investigating. But I think it's unfair to say that Kevin was always coddled when he was fairly regularly chastised for being mean to Randall, which he obviously did for attention because he was also equally in Randall's corner to come to his rescue at seven points in life when Randall had panic attacks. The corporate job won, the dress code won, and I'm sure more that the writers haven't shown us yet. Honestly, if Kevin hadn't felt the need to prove that he wasn't soft to Jack, he might have gotten into theater much earlier and been more stable in choosing that path or maybe something else entirely. Who knows? Rant over. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think it's hard to, to say he would have ended up in theater earlier. I think Kevin was a little bit lost. Um, I think Kevin in what I see from Kevin is that he enjoys attention and the quickest route at that time was athletic, especially he showed some aptitude and it was a way to connect with Jack because I think it, part of it is Jack struggled connecting with Randall um, because Randall was so academically inclined um, and he was adopted. You know, I saw that as, yes, they gave Randall extra attention. I think they, there may be, have been an assumption that, you know what? Kevin's easier because it's easier to connect with him. And so maybe they didn't. I can see some of the, the arguments there. I still think that, you know, Kevin was coddled a little bit. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm still there. I think Courtney did a great job in her defense of Kevin. She did a wonderful shout job. Shout out to Courtney. And shout out to the writers for making a complex character. I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. So some comments from this week. Melanie says, I think Melanie's watching right now. Melanie says she likes your, your, your blouse. So, yes. What they, else did Melanie say? Melanie said that old Mark is as creepy as ever. Yes. Ty cosigns by saying old Mark as creepy as ever. Without a doubt. Yes. I mean, actually, I'm going to say this. Or old Mark is very creepy. It was similar. I, I'm going to say this. Right? I hear what you're saying, Melanie. You know, I don't like to disagree with you. But I would say old Mark is creepier than young Mark. Really? I mean, yeah, he's st- like, listen, if it was 1997 and he was standing outside 
of a, a record store smoking a cigarette, that would be kind of creepy. In 2021, like, dude, like, who still works at record stores? Like, why are you standing outside in the middle of COVID? Like, it's just, I think he's creepier. Talking People about your rec- band. There are still record stores. Yeah, but what I'm saying is this dude is now, so here's the deal. If you think about it like this, the big three are like what? How old are the big three? Do you watch the show? I do watch the show. Like 40? They're 40, right? So I'm trying to make a point here. So they're 40, right? We know that when she was 18, he was 24. So this dude is 46 years old, still talking about the band he's going to have. He's managing it. They almost have a, 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 a residency. Band, listen, listen, people get late starts. I'm not defending Mark. I'm just saying people in general. Yes. Having a MySpace is super creepy. I will give That's it. what I'm saying. MySpace, like, it's just his whole vibe, super creepy. Just saying. But you still, I, the people still, have, people do still have MySpace pages. Though. They do? I didn't listen. Because, like, the band, remember when MySpace changed from just being, like, generally a profile to very music heavy? I, I didn't even know MySpace was still active. I Apparently, thought they shut the whole thing down. I did. Yeah. So Tammy says, so proud of the big three. Randall talking to his therapist instead of running away. Kate confronting Mark and being quote unquote free. Kevin reaching out to Randall. A hint of reconciliation. Kimberly thought it was so good. The only bummer was that Kevin was not able to finish his conversation with Randall. Kim, on the other hand, because we have a Kimberly and a Kim. um, Kim said, I love the whole episode, but Kate's arc hit her the most. Getting closure and telling him how it was for her is something I will... Never be able to do that the situation I was at at age nine. So sorry for your situation. Different situation, sure, but not that far off. Also, why, while I'm glad Kevin called Randall, I wanted so bad to just tell her, tell the car to turn around. Yeah. For him to tell, I mean, just I, tell I, the car to turn around. Yeah. I, I thought we were going to go somewhere else, but I, and, and I might talk about that a little later, but I did think that this was going to be a moment for Kevin to turn around. Um and it doesn't look like he did. So that was a little surprising. Yeah. Megan DC says, nice to come back to the episode in the pod squad. Yes, we are so happy that the pod squad is back. I really like that it cuts to the chase regarding Kate and Mark, as it seems that visit she made to his apartment was the end of it. God, I hope so. And also regarding Randall knowing right away that William didn't know about Laurel, but Randall still can really looking forward to finding out what the writers have in store there. All right. Let's talk about, because I don't think we're going to talk about this later. Her trip to his apartment. Scooping out a bagel. That's a thing? I guess it's a thing. It's not something that I know. I thought the part of the bagel that you would scoop out would be the best part, unless you're filling it with something. And I went back and rewound that a couple of times to see there's nothing in that. That's just like a hollowed out bagel. You you really looked? Yeah. It's just a hollowed out bagel. I don't understand that. Like Maybe you don't. Maybe you like that. Maybe it's like. You know, people like pizza crust. Maybe it's like the bagel crust. I mean, maybe. I just, I'm just saying. I didn't know that that was a thing. I don't understand why. It's a First thing. of all, I'm just surprised he made her anything. Honestly, I mean, I did think he was, but that was probably part pop-top. of gaslighting. I don't know. It's like you know, one action. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Megan continues to say, DC, I did find it a little sad with Kevin reaching out to Randall, though I'm not expecting it to be fixed quickly, but hoped Randall might have mentioned what's going on with him a little more and spoke to Kevin about Madison as the flashback continues to show that Kevin 
does care about Randall and values his counsel. Although maybe it bodes well that they can at least get there in the future. Maybe Laurel's story will somehow help Randall get there. I liked how Kevin called. Um, at least that's a start. Okay. Even as it was hard to see Kevin going through the how to be a family with Mass in this one, still holding out that they will figure it out. I mean, they could have a home or two, i.e. the cabin if that's not where they always are and still have him travel sometimes. I feel like that's what many actors do. I felt it was sweet that he wanted them to all come with him, to be with him all the time, though, even if impractical. And I think that shows that he's in it and is going to find a way. It was positive, dare I say, uplifting kind of episode, which I actually often find is the case with This Is Us, just not always in a dramatic way. So I hear the idea that it's impractical, but I have to ask, is it? I mean, I'm not trying to be funny because I really don't know. And yes, I watched the show. What exactly is Madison's job? What is Madison? I don't know. And that's not a shot. I'm just saying, like it's pos- Like if he's got the loot, they could travel. I mean, she's but she's saying, and so is right, this we'll, one of my points? We'll get there later. Okay, we're gonna save that. Just yeah, yeah. I don't know that that's live. And that's the clincher. That's I don't know okay. that that's that that's the reason. Cap says Kate said it's all in the past, but is it? Or is it that she hasn't dealt with it yet? I love how Kevin wants to be there for Madison so much so that he's willing to pass on the movie. I also love how Madison is trying to be supportive, but she's clearly going to have trouble with the decision for Kevin to go. I have a feeling that that is a pattern with Madison. Could it be why she turned to food for a way to feel like she has some sort of control? I know nothing about eating Zars though, so I could be way off. Kat also says, I was hoping to never hear the name Mark again, not looking forward to seeing him again in any form. I have to say, I like Reynolds co-workers teasing him that was fun that was fun so Kevin, even malik got into it i know it was great i wasn't expecting to see malik either i mean i i I wasn't expecting to see him even though i saw his names in in the credit i was like malik's not in the show like annie's name was in the show and we didn't see her and there there he was nice little shout out uh where am i where am i this is not being edited. It's okay. I can uh, I, I can vamp. I can do a little. Dance. Oh, really? No, I do my Randall impersonation. I'm just kidding. Oh, those viewers, viewers that way. Okay, <laughs> okay. I found my place. Uh, so Kevin wants the kids in Madison just follow him around as he shoots movies. I can see that working from time to time, but he really should have talked it out with Madison instead of just assuming. I don't know why Randall immediately thinks that William lied. Perhaps he didn't know. I've gone and fallen in love with the idea of our family. I think there should be room for compromise here. I think they can find it. I'm with you. Airplane. Cat's referencing the movie. I love that movie. I can't believe it took so long for me to see it. Props to young Kate and and older Kate. Young Kate leaving when she did. It could have turned out so much worse. Also, I have to hand it to Kate standing up for herself and telling Mark what she needed him to hear. Chrissy gets the MVP of the episode for that scene with Mark. Toby is so great in the episode. I love how he is there for Kate. Airplane is a great m- movie. Surely you have seen it, and don't and don't call me Shirley. It's an airplane. It's joke. a joke. It's a joke from the movie. It's a good movie. Kevin finds it hard to leave now, and the babies aren't even there yet. He's going to have a lot to think about. I hope he makes the right choice. I love the parallel of young Kev and present day Kevin. I also love how he called Randall. I really wish he had a chance to ask him the question he wanted to ask. Small steps. Cat's lastly really missing Miguel and Rebecca, especially considered how we left Rebecca. Cat. I think that's an interesting comment that you made. You really hope he makes the right choice. What's the right choice? Okay. (laughs) 
So uh, regarding Randall, Mary LS says, I'm so glad Randall found out quickly that William didn't lie to him for sure. For sure. I did not want that to be known to drag that out. Kelly thought that the Kate pregnancy abortion storyline was teased last season. I'm glad it finally came to fruition and Kate stood up for herself. I'm looking forward to seeing Randall's journey with discovering his mom's story, which is surprising because I thought I wouldn't like the repetitiveness of his finding his parents storyline. However, the fact that she's dead makes it more intriguing and less like when he found his dad. As for Kevin, I feel like they're setting us up for a big Kevin storyline sometime this season. I want to know where him and Madison end up in the future. I don't think she dies in childbirth. Side note. Okay. Due to production being put on hold because of COVID, I wonder how many more episodes we will see until there's another pause. Fantastic question. Do we know how many episodes they got to before holiday break? All I know is that on epguises.com, there are three episodes scheduled, including the one we saw yesterday. Okay. After that, I don't know. So if any of you, this is us writers, want to chime in and let us know, that would be great as we do schedule our lives around this podcast. And this show, we really do. Um, Any reference to what Kat said? Did you want to... No, I I think she brings up some interesting points. Uh, I will say... Some people in the chat are thinking that um, Madison is a teacher. I don't. Do you remember her being a teacher? Something about trying to get job, a Kate, a job at her school. Melanie says, "I don't know." Sure, we'll go with that. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. <laughs> Any other questions we want to address from no, the chat? I think we're quite right. a few of of coming. Kimberly's still upset about the ovulation kit. Hey, you know, mistakes happen. We're in COVID. It was what it is. Melanie, if you found your MySpace page, uh, please send it to the entire group. Thank you. So I, I have to say, <laughs> um, a few years back, I think we found our MySpace page. And I remember, I don't know, I, I feel like I remember I'm not talking. Old, I'm not old enough to have a MySpace page. Oh, you're page. right. You're not. She's not. I had a MySpace I'm, page. I'm joking. I did. I, and I think at one point my, I, on my MySpace page, I was talking about Key. And I think she we commented. Were, we were friends? We were friends, yes. On MySpace? I got to MySpace late, yes, but we were friends. Are you sure? Yeah, I am. My mom, you check that. So um, <laughs> regarding the Kate, Toby, Mark storyline, Melanie answered for Michael. So, But she says, I'm posting this from Michael since he stomped with work, and it made me laugh. He said, so I don't actually want to see Mark again. But if Kate gets a letter because he's working his 12 steps of a-hole anonymous, I'll take it. <gasps> oh, I love me some Michael. Caitlin says, is it just me or did Toby seem a little less than thrilled when Kate got back in the car after telling Mark off? She says, it seems like uh, it may not be over the fact that Kate lied to him about the abortion. I wonder if this will continue to linger on and may lead to them separating in the future. I don't know. I mean, I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but it's something that we should look out for. Megan DC responded to that. She said, I do feel like uh, there was there was a little something regarding Toby. Um, She says, I get Kate keeping quiet. But then I also felt like when Toby said four years and nothing, all the trying to get pregnant and nothing. Also, not to be too picky, but they often ask if you had an abortion, if you're having trouble later in life, as that could cause some kind of complications. That's a really great point, Megan. immediately what I thought about was, what I'm surprised about is when they were struggling, that there wasn't this, this thought of, 
did I do something to hurt our chances? Well, I mean, maybe the writers just didn't want, she, she probably had that in the back of her head, but maybe the writers didn't want to reveal that. It wasn't yeah. time to, um, because I mean, but the questions was Toby paying it. Was she feeling? Because any 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 gyno appointment asked that anyway. Yeah. Or maybe even any general medical um, forms do, and so well, that's I'm, interesting. I, yeah, I I don't. When you say was Toby so, paying attention? You, no, that's not something. That's not something that you're hanging out. You're drinking some water. You're you. No, but you know how sometimes you know how sometimes like it's not like you've never filled out a form for me or taken a yes. form up to a desk for me. Or things like that. So I'm just wondering, did she skip over these questions? Maybe. I mean, answering that question, or did he, you know, not never say, I mean, who knows? I just, I just know that anytime you're having trouble conceiving, the easiest thing to do is to start questioning, am I do, is there something I'm doing that's causing this? Or did it something I do, right? Like, you know, for, for guys, you know, you know, is, are my briefs too tight? Like you're questioning everything. So to me, like he said, to his point, they were struggling and for four years that never came up. It's a, it's a fair comment. So could there be more to that? I guess we'll see. Yeah. So let's get into the recap. In the present, Kate tells Toby about her relationship with Mark, the pregnancy and the abortion. Kate finds out that Mark is living in San Diego and tracks him down. She confronts him about their relationship. In the present, Kevin's movie shoot moves to Vancouver. Shout out to Canada. Madison encourages him to go, even though he'll be gone for nine weeks. The interview. I'm sorry. It's not nine weeks. Four weeks. It's four weeks. Okay. Um, They interview the Timberlake Beale nanny, Natasha. That's when Madison founds out that Kevin expects them to have their kids on the road a lot. This does not sit well with Madison. Madison encourages Kevin to think about what he really wants as he leaves for the movie. Also in the present, Randall gets a message from High telling him that he knew his mom, Laurel. Randall questions William's truthfulness about Laurel's death. Randall finally decides to call High um, after Kevin calls him asking for advice, but they never really got to finish that conversation. Randall then finds out that William did not lie and he plans to visit High in New Orleans. I just want to say that the the moment where Randall calls him and he says hi hi that's a real thing because right? you know someone named hi and I you've called him I do know someone named hi and every time I would call them or or speak to them we work together and I would say it's always this weird like do I say hi do I go hi hi do I go hello hi or what's up hi like you think about it and I've also had a colleague named Heidi and it's also weird when you're going hi Heidi like it's just you know, it's like the high, high. I'm just saying, I thought that was uh, authentic, the weirdness of, of saying that. Uh, in the past, teenage Kate goes to have an abortion on the weekend. Rebecca and Randall go to see Kevin's play in New York. That in the 24-hour waiting period, she visits a 24-year-old Mark one last time, we hope. Uh, teenage Randall advises teenage Kevin not to move L.A., since he just got married to Sophie and Sophie plans to stay uh, in New York for school. I, I want to say about that, there were two things that I thought were really interesting and I was impressed with by the writings, the writers. One, we know what happens to Kevin and Sophie. So for them to weave in that Randall was like, hey, are you sure about this? And then Kevin kind of blows it off with such a nice little touchstone to what we all experience when you're watching Kevin go, I should have never left you. Like, I thought that was nice. And then the phone call with Rebecca, when she says, Kevin tried to set me up 
with his acting coach. Right. I went way back to that scene. The details are just great. Like it's, it's, it's masterful. It is masterful. And that's what I love about this show is if you're a, this is us fan, like we are the way it weaves and the world becomes so rich and we, and, and real. It's like, Oh yeah. It, I almost felt like, yeah, I remember when he did that. And it was a funny moment. You know, I'm, I'm listening to the, the, the conversation between Kate and, Rebecca and I just laughed because yeah. that was that was a hilarious and that was uh was that Ritter? No, that was that? that was your boy from Brothers and Sisters. Right. Um all right, Key, let's get into tell us who wrote and directed the show. Uh this was written by KJ Steinberg and was directed by Anne Fletcher. And who were some of the guest stars? We have Lucius Baybeck as adult Mark, Annie Carson's as Dr. Wolf. You Marie Morales as the nurse, Nelson Scott as a manager, Taryn Westbrook as Natasha Morton, Isla Glass as Viv, Ainsley Bubico as Shay, and Keith Powell as Dr. Vance. Awesome. And my quote of the week, um, very simple. When Beth says he needs to call his therapist, Beth had like four lines in this episode. And they were all like fantastic. I was like, I need more Beth because that ability for him to go, yeah, I'm just going to go running. She didn't press. She just turned around and she knew her man. She was like, he needs to call her, 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 his therapist. And what did he do? He called his therapist. Like I just, that was a moment that touched me. I, I love that moment. I mean, it's just amazing that he now has this resource that he can go to, especially I mean, he has multiple dead parrots. And so he, he does. And the, the one that's here and and it feels is, like is going through her own stuff. And so it's good. It's really, really glad he has this now. Yeah. And his therapist, it's like, it's not even just like one therapist. I f- he feels like he's like a super therapist. It's almost like he's two therapists in one. It's like, stop it. He's, I don't know. Two four. He's two four one therapist. Yes, two four. Great. No, that's a Thirty Rock reference. Um, yes. And it took me a while to get there, but uh, it did. But for you those got of there. you who went with me, congratulations on writing the joke with me. Congrats yeah. on making the joke. Hey, you. You're welcome. All right, let's uh, talk about some crazy fan theories. Kid, looks like you found one from a very own Melanie. Melanie, you still here? So Melanie says, "I'm not sure if I even want it to be true." Mark will get help. He will reach out to Kate and thank her for saving his life. He will then go on to be a successful manager after his band takes off. Eventually, it's him who helps Jack break into the music business. It could also cause some issues with the Pearson Damon marriage. I still don't think they are going to get a divorce. Let me tell you when I saw this. That's crazy. I was like, hands off. (laughs) Like, no, we do not want this. She doesn't want it. We don't want it. We don't want to see him ever. I, I would say again, right? Never again. Hey, here's the thing. There's some parts. Of Shout this out to I, the actor. I hope you get other jobs. Yes. Um, it's. I think th- where this gets interesting for me is at the very beginning. If of the of the theory, yes. If having an ex from 20 years ago show up randomly at your job, confront you, tell you what a jerk you are, and then leave, changed your life for the better, that would happen way more often. Interesting. I'm just saying. I mean, do you think that happens often? 
an ex shows up at your job 20 years later and tells you off, like tells you about who you really are? I mean, fortunately, I've never had that happen to me. I think if an ex showed up at my job unannounced to say, hey, I just want to say hi, I would find it the creepiest thing on the planet. I mean, not creepier than your own self if you're Mark. So True. I mean, but... But the question is like, what help would he exactly get? Like, who does... I don't know that he really knows like who, what he is. Like he's abusive emotionally, at least. Yes. What else is Mark? I mean, I, Where do you, I, would he just go to therapy? Try not to curse. I am. This is he, a family show. He, he definitely needs therapy. He needs, he needs some serious counseling. Maybe some, some, some EDM. He needs he needs help. Like I think he he probably needs a life coach too. Do you mean EDMR? Yes, that's what I meant. Okay, not not techno music. I meant EDMR. Um, I think he needs some help. He's probably got some trauma in his his background. We do not have episodes to waste on Mark's backstory. I'm just saying we're in season five, right? We only get six seasons, and you know there's probably not a writer listening but if there's a writer listening i'm still waiting on my miguel backstory so please do not waste time on a mark backstory i don't care about this dude i do care about migs though yes we know all right we know okay key let's uh let's talk about what we thought about the show what what stood out to you so i really so hanzio who plays teenage kate I was really impressed by her acting. Like I, I was really, really impressed by her acting and it was subtle. And probably the parts I was most interested in that I played back was when she was sitting with Mark in the apartment, the way that she evaluated Mark was very telling and she just watched him and his, you know, of course he came in and said, you know, I missed you and I'm so glad you're here. And, you know, his narcissistic self said, I knew you missed me and things like that. But she just watched him because guess what? His actions speak a lot louder than his words. And so when he assumed she was going to say something and she, he found out, no, this was not like a good, like, let's get back together chat. He totally changed. Right. He was not unwilling. He was not willing to hear negative things, bad things, hard things even. And then when she asked to watch the movie and he just like huffed and puffed like a child. Yeah. And and I, and I just, I loved how I, I was able to see her, see him because women do this all time. They watch and they observe and they don't always react and they take in because actions really, really do speak louder than words. And, um, I love that in that she remembered what her standard was. We had it flashback to what 13 year old Kate when she saw Rebecca or when we saw Rebecca and Jack watching the airplane in the same living room as 13 um, year old Kate. And then later on, we saw her get her standard right with Toby and her watching airplane later on. And so um it was, it was just a really strong but subtle moment for me. And I could just watch that over and over again because I love that it clicked for her. Yeah. It clicked for her that this was not what she wanted and who she wanted. Yeah, I mean, I, I and watched, definitely not what she deserved. No, I, I watched it over trying to figure out what didn't make sense to me was 
I didn't understand why he why he switched. First of all, I didn't really like the way he came at her from the very beginning. Like everything he said was, "Yeah, I was gonna apologize, but I didn't," and like like that whole thing. I was just like, "Eh." But I, I had to go back. Like, did she say something? And she didn't. She just said, "That's not why I'm here." It's like, "Uh oh." Like, look, this is serious. And she's like, it is. And then he was just like, uh, and I'm like, dude, you didn't even give her a chance to talk to you. Like, like it, it wasn't even necessarily, it wasn't, it's not like she came to tell you what a jerk you are, though she had, would have had, had every right. She was coming to have a serious conversation and you couldn't even engage to listen. And this is the thing. He basically said, I know you're still upset about the cabin. But she didn't even really get to respond to that. Right. So is that all you want to say and that's it and we're good? You like you locked her out in the freezing cold. In the storm. And then Yeah, I mean, and then the the whole notion that he would like get upset because she wanted to watch airplane. Like, first of all, you you should just be happy that she came over. Like if you're really happy, then she can watch if she wanna watch the prices right. Then you know you start saying too high, too high. I mean, whatever you need if you really wanted to engage. But it, it was clear that it was all about he wanted to go a very certain way, and I'm I too am thrilled that she was able to to kind of walk away. Um, and I thought she she picked the perfect moment to to kind of just Dip leave. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I thought that was a pretty good moment too what about for you what were some standout moments uh i think for me we talked about it a little bit earlier but the 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 toby reaction to mark and kate um that was i i had to go over that idea quite a bit and think and there were a couple moments so if you think about what happened kate goes to see mark and toby stays in the car and i noticed that the position of where the car was like at first, I was like, wow, the car is really far away, right? Like, the car is on, it's on the other side of the street. So, Kate has had to get out of the car, cross the street, walk kind of, you know, a few feet into the building. So, so Toby's, Toby's far away, and, and Mark's a creep, so we really don't know what to expect. So, that was a little bit concerning. But afterwards, when they're talking, Kate looks at Toby, you know, they're in the car, and she says... You know, you sat there in the car, even though I know you wanted to tear out his jugular, but you let me be my own white knight. And you didn't look at me as a victim. And as I heard that, I just was like, wow, right? Because, you know, there is, especially in the US, there is a masculine culture that says that men often have to be the to ride in on the white the white horse as the knight and save the woman um and this was refreshing to see that what we were talking about was it an area where toby was secure and confident and he knew he was there if she needed him but he was also there if she didn't he didn't have to have some big expressive movement or gesture gesture um and he didn't look at her as a victim or as damaged or anything and i was just like that's exactly it right like there is this i'm supporting you 
but you're strong enough, Kate, to stand on your own. Like I didn't quite understand why she why she felt compelled to go see him after 20 years, but she felt like she needed to do it. And I'm looking at Toe going, that that's it, right? Like maybe he didn't understand why she needed to do it, but he was there, but he 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 was there and she was strong enough to do it all on her own. And he was like, hey, I'm here if you just need me to drive. And so that really stood out to me. I kind of love that moment. Yeah. In relation to that moment, I just thought she was hella brave to do that. Yeah. And I, but I actually was really nervous for her. I was. And not even necessarily physical harm, but just like additional things he could have said. Yeah. Um, Maybe he's not that quick <laughs> to be able to come back with it. But I really appreciated although wrong, hearing what he thought their relationship was because it helped me to look up gaslighting. (laughs) And definition of gaslighting is a form of psychological abuse where a person or group makes someone question their sanity, perception of reality, or memories. People experience gaslighting often feel confused, anxious, and unable to trust themselves. And I think Kate definitely probably experienced some of that Definitely, probably. (laughs) She experienced some of that. But even in his relaying of what happened, they were in love and she was broken and all those things. I mean, she was able to combat that and really set it straight for him. And I don't think I realized they had a six-year gap, actually. Um, So that was also interesting to me, you know, for that age point. That's a big, that's a big, like, a a developmental. Yeah, she just finished high school and he is like he, he mid twenties. Yeah, he was mid twenties. Right. Um, and so I just thought it was incredibly brave for her to do that. I was really nervous for her. I'm glad she did it. I I I don't know that I necessarily feel like that's the end of her journey with that, even if just within herself. So I'd actually be interested in seeing if they explore that more. You know, even though she got to confront him, like what else does that look like in her healing? Since this is really the first time she's spoken about it out loud. Especially, you know, in her like new homes, new safe sanctuary of a home and things like that. Yeah. Interesting. What else you got? I think for me, it was really looking at the conversation between Randall and Kevin. Um, when I when I think about that conversation, one, I look and go, even with the conflict that they had. When Kevin was like, ah, I, I need to talk to somebody, I thought it was incredible that he called Randall, right? They're not really speaking. Their relationship is damaged beyond what it, what, what it, even the issues that they had before. And as, as we've seen in season one, we see Kevin gave up his Broadway debut for Randall, right? Like he, he left. Like there's these moments where, when Randall needed him, Kevin showed up. Now we're at a point where this conversation and we, we, you know, we see the flashback to when this happened before when they were young. And, you know, Kevin's probably thinking with Sophie, Randall saw something that I couldn't see. I don't want to make that mistake again. So he calls his brother, right? And I, I want to I say that word specifically. He didn't just call a friend. He called his brother. And I thought it was interesting to see their relationship and he was being somewhat vulnerable. 
And Randall was not there. And, you know, what I was looking for is like when you have that type of break in your relationship, that fracture in your relationship, what do you have to do? What has to be done to mend it? Right. Is it one person being vulnerable? Is it both people being vulnerable? And so it, it made me look at Kevin and Rando and go, I'm starting to question, will they be healed? What will it take for them to reconcile? Because here, to, the way I saw it was here, Kevin is, is, he's making an effort. He's going, Hey, man, like I heard Kate, even though in the moment he dismissed it, he's going, I heard Kate. I was thinking about it. Like, I want to talk about it. And Randall was like, yeah, I got something else to to do. Not even saying, hey, bro, I I think I found someone who knows my birth mother. But just going, hey, I'm in the middle. This is not a good time. And I'm, I'm just wondering, I don't know if in the season and a half that we may or may not have left. Uh, Don't doubt that. I, I I don't know that Randall and Kevin, I'm just saying, okay, in the season and a half that we have left, I won't doubt how long we have. I don't know if Randall and Kevin come back. Well, first of all, we need cliffhangers. Yes. So if they had wrapped that up, then it would be wrapped up, right? Sure. We, we This can be a whole other episode with Kevin and Randall. Yeah. Secondly, Randall was in the middle of staring at this picture. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I, I didn't know my grandparents, so mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it's like to not know your parent, right? And so then all of a sudden, he's also discounting everything that he had with William in the few months to a year he had with William. I just think it's a lot. Also, Kevin was bouncing from point to point to point, okay. right? Which you would do naturally in a conversation if everybody was like fully there and connected and things like that. I just think it takes more time to be able to really get to those points, especially when the other person, you don't know this, is dealing with something else that's major. Right. You, you're absolutely right. You you don't know. And I think that's what's fascinating to me about that situation is there's a bunch of stuff that's going on. And there's this whole action reaction that happens, right? Because in isolation, you're correct. Oh, Kevin goes, you know, he, Randall was somewhere else. From Kevin's standpoint, he reached out and was shut down. He may not reach out again, right? Now there's hurt. Now there's additional hurt. Like that's the thing about relationships that's so fascinating to me is that that behavior is how we misread what the other person's going through. Our perceptions aren't, you know, they say perception is reality. It is reality for you, but perception is not truth, right? So how how Kevin experienced that isn't necessarily the same way that Randall experienced that. How Kevin responds to that then might have, you know, a, a response from Randall. It, it gets messy fast. It does get messy fast, but they're also in the middle of a pandemic, right? You think yeah. about like how many relationships during this like stressful time have been tested. Yeah. I just think it's. I just think it's probably just evident of the time. Like normally, we see Kevin and Randall's front door every so i like kevin why are you here why mm-hmm. are you don't you live on the other coast you know they would have seen each other by now um and there's just there's a lot there's a lot happening but i also think they need a cliffhanger yeah and so how else are you gonna you know ensure that the story goes on without cutting it off you're gonna cut it off right True. that's what you're gonna do I, I think they'll get there i think they will and i mean 
I think they will. And I think it's going to be great and beautiful. And you're usually the optimistic one. And I'm usually not always as optimistic. And I'm saying I think they'll get there. And I think it'll be great. I think it'll be Randall needs this, right? Like, I think part of what I think may happen is that as Randall continues to discover his past, he's then going to start to look at his present Mm. and think about, oh, like, what in my current relationships do I really have? And like, what's the value there? And maybe that'll get him to circle back to Kevin and fix that. Maybe. You know? Um, Yeah. I also, I didn't make this an easier point. I think we both might have meant to. This Madison-Kevin dynamic with work is really interesting. Yes. How so? Um. Just even if they had had like a regular courting, a regular Mm -hmm. relationship development, I don't know. You don't always have all the conversations you need to have ahead of time. You just don't. You You just don't. And and so the question is, would they have really had the conversations like, okay, how are we going to raise these babies? Right. Even if they had planned to get pregnant, unless they you know, had IVF or something, they wouldn't even necessarily been thinking about twins, right? Like they just wouldn't have been thinking about the complications of this as a mom and thinking about Madison from a mom perspective, she's thinking maybe nursing nighttime feedings, waking up in the middle of the night, one baby sick, one baby's well, all the things, all the gear, all the things that she's trying to create a home for. And how do you, and you make that harder by taking it on the road. Uh-huh. Kevin is probably not even thinking that stuff yet, right? He's thinking, which house are we living in? Or, you know, he's just probably not thinking about some of the logistics. I'm assuming maybe maybe some of them, but maybe not to the degree that Madison is thinking, right? Like, I think, I think, I don't think it's offensive to say that a lot of women are nurturers, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you're you nest and you think about space and comfort and you know, all those things. And Kevin's trying to keep the family together because he's used to his family being together, being together yeah. but may not all necessarily get like what all the comforts of home bring. So even though Kevin needs to make the money, and I honestly, in my opinion, I think he should keep making the money. Maybe you take a little bit of a break, right? But I think actors who are successful are able to do that, right? You're not filming movies 12 months out of the year. Right. You film movies three months, maybe then a gap. Maybe you film two or three movies a year. You know, maybe he says to his actors at some point or his agent at some point, like, hey, this is like a really important time. This first six months, this first year, you know, I'm only going to take things locally, things like that. I think he's made enough money that he can take a break. But if he still wants to have this, they are going to need to come to some kind of agreement or compromise or ability to agree to something for a period of time and then come back to the table and say, okay, this is what's not working. This isn't working. This doesn't work for me. This works for me, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. Right. Yeah. I think there are two things in there that you said that are absolutely critical. Right. So before I get to that, you're, you're also right in the fact that they haven't had enough conversations. Right. I think there are a lot of assumptions being made about this is what life is supposed to be like. And I think they're at a point where, especially like they're thrown into this. They've got these expectations of what parenthood is going to be like. And much like Kimberly Joseph said, new parents have no idea what to expect. They have no idea what they're getting into. Um, But they have all these expectations of it's going to go like this. Now, 
I think that kind of where they are is that it, to me, it comes down to compromise and communicating and reevaluating, right? It has to be this way of going, okay, maybe sometimes we go with you and sometimes we don't. Maybe sometimes you take a break and so, and, and for certain opportunities, you, you have to do this, right? Kevin's looking, going, I make all this money. You know, we can get a nanny and we can do this. I think some couples will look at this and they would have been excited about this. Oh, we get to travel and see new places and experience new cultures. And it's Canada. We're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to be out of the country and, and that would be exciting for others. Not so much. So having those conversations and to your point, when they kind of understanding and going, all right, we tried it and you know what? I didn't like it. Okay. Now what do we do together? But their issue is they haven't even really decided. They haven't really committed to being together. Right. They don't even know what home. It doesn't even sound like they know what home they're staying in. And so it's all very interesting. Like the line about when she says, I've started to fall in love with the idea of this family. And he goes, you know, I've started to fall in love with the idea of this family too. That is an incredibly well-written line that is 100% crazy. And I say that because, and that's why it's so beautiful is because it's one of those things that sounds so great, right? Like that is a soundbite, you know? I've fallen in love with the idea of this family. You know what they didn't say? I fall in love with you. I've fallen in love <laughs> with you. Definitely didn't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's like it's very fascinating. It's very interesting. Um, but this is the thing, you know. I, I've been on some sets. I haven't been on month long sets. Right? I've been on like weekend sets and things like that. Right? If you're having like early call times and late call times, and you were like trying to be whatever method of acting you're mm-hmm. you're using and trying to be in the zone in your character and you're in the same house as crying babies even if you have a nanny or whatever that's just a different dynamic right so then kevin wanting to be an involved father at this point is he tempted to get up and then go help and like even if the nanny's there he's seen the kids all day and what's that like though those are very very different dynamics now granted if you have a 6 year old that's a whole different set it's of things, right? Thing, yeah. Like, you know, you can have a tutor for a couple mm-hmm. months out of the year. That kid sleeps through the night. Maybe they're wet in the bed, but maybe that's the only complication. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, ho- hopefully, maybe, not sure, but still, that's just a different dynamic. And so I think not only will they have to say, this is working for me, this is not working for me. They have to understand that what works at six months, what works at three months it's not going to work at four months, right? right? Like, or a year, yeah. you know, as a toddler, don't bring the top. The toddlers are cr- cool, man. Toddlers, we're, uh, we're in we're that not, now. We're not talking about toddlers. Love toddlers because they're so fun. They're so fun. So fun. in any case. Mm-hmm. No, I, look, I agree <laughs> with you because I think, I think that communication and understanding, okay, where are we? And, and, and more than just that, Having a communication and being open about, hey, here's what I need. These are what, like Madison being able to talk to Kevin and going, Kevin, here's what I need. And Kevin going, this is what I need. And trying to be understanding and understanding that, you know what, whatever complications that we're in, 
it won't last always. Also, we still don't know Madison's full background and like her family history. Secondly, we don't know what kind of parent she wants to be. True. Right. Like attachment parenting. Like who's like, what are we doing? I think ha- having twins and obviously not having family around a nanny makes sense. Yes. And nanny makes sense with one child. Yes. <laughs> nanny definitely makes sense with two children. Nannies make sense for all children. <laughs> and so just having an- any kind of help, especially you can afford it, makes sense, especially as I don't know if mass is going to deal with this. Any postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. She has this history of anorexia or bulimia. I'm not sure which one, an eating disorder. Um, so they have tools partly because they have money and they have some education and knowledge. And obviously Kevin has family that mm-hmm. is going to get in their business, even oh, if they don't want maybe. them in their business, but they certainly are going to have to do some trial and error and some real late comp- compromises and some real conversations in this. Yeah. And, 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 and I think it could work, but they got to talk more like they, and, and I don't like they're doing this classic. We're going to talk when I'm uh, uh, frustrated. And and not proactively going like, hey, can we talk about this? I don't understand this, or I'm concerned about this. Because I, you, you said something a minute ago that was so on point. Is you know, Kevin? I think you're right. Kevin is misreading this a little bit in terms of the fact that he's like, oh, I'm going to be on set. You're right with with newborns. The other thing is, this is supposed to be that role where Kevin gets great, right? Right. And so, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about work travel and we were talking about me going to Singapore um, and they're like, man, that had to be awesome. And I was like, look, Singapore is one of my favorite places to go in the world. I love Singapore. But when I'm there, especially the first time, a lot of times I'm busting my tail because it's about my brand and I'm trying to show up and I'm working and I've got all this stuff going on that the last thing that you're, you're trying to, to think about is, is the outside of work stuff. Cause from a company standpoint, they want you there and locked in. So for Kevin, he's going to be in Vancouver, but this is about work. That's true. Right. And so, and, and I'm not saying that I'm not trying to compare your children and your family to seeing the touristy sites in in Vancouver. What I'm saying is Kevin is going to be locked in. And that means it's going to be early. Like even when he's not on set, he's either got to be resting, preparing, like doing what, like you said, whatever method, whatever he needs, exercise, whatever he needs to be in the zone. And that could be even more frustrating for Madison, who walks in with expectations that, well, how come we don't see you? Or how come you're distracted? Like, there's a lot there. So those conversations, and, and even if they do it and then go, being able to have those conversations where like, hey, I thought this was going to work, but this, we need, I, I need a new plan. That is what they're, kind of what's in store for them to be successful and and the the way they came together, it's it's a little scary. But then also, what autonomy does it give Madison, right? Like, yeah. what else is she leaving by following True. or going, you know, even if she decides that it's a good idea for a p- period of time, what support is she leaving? Mm-hmm. What friends is she leaving? Is her, does her whole, no one can visit her that easily, especially in another country in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Like, those are just, there, was, there are a lot of 
factors to think about. Like, does she need her support group and things like that? How does that work? That's a great point. Of course, in the pandemic, it can be virtual, right? But I'm just saying in general, as the pandemic is hopefully over soon, right? Like when you get back to regular life. But your point is right. Even virtual, like her being in her home and having her comforts, especially when she's postpartum, even if it's not depression, but she's postpartum, right. there's stress. Like we've known people with twins. Mm-hmm. It's crazy time. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And so in that. You get one asleep, the other one wakes up. Right. They're right. both hungry at the same time. <laughs> you're, you're Just, nur- if you're nursing, like, yeah. there's a lot that goes into that. And so she may be looking and going, I it, and again, with her eating disorder, she might look and go, I can't have that type of stress. Right. So I listen again, I think I, I am still rooting for Cadison, Right. I'm still rooting for them. I just think they need some help and they need some lots of conversation. They need therapy. As a matter of fact. So Rita, Rita, Rita chimed in and Rita said, one, Kevin and Madison are scared to argue and be honest. Oh, true. Way to go, Rita. Yeah, you, the snaps. You want to give her some snaps? Yes. And right, Rita, Rita also said, also the Pearsons are trying to re- all the Pearsons are trying to recreate their parents' life without knowing the full story. Rita, welcome to the pod. Shh. Welcome to the pod, Rita. Well, Rita's been here. I'm just saying. This like what? Well, like welcome, welcome to, to, to right now yes, to that moment. Show, yes. Um, you're absolutely right. I couldn't agree with that more. They, it. It yes, is, it's the ghost of Jack Pearson. And here's the deal. And no, both of them, because I'm watching 13-year-old Kate, however old she is, middle school Kate, mm-hmm. watch Rebecca and Jack watch Airplane. And I'm like, that's a really nice moment. But at that point, you had no idea about all the other stuff. And and that's the thing. And you still probably don't. You still don't. Because they didn't tell you everything. No, it's it is the I it, you're and you can't know even if they did. Like no. you can't really know. You are you're trying to recreate all of the happy times, and you don't know about the hard times, right? Because anybody who tells you marriage isn't hard, I stop listening to the words that are coming out of their mouth. Who tells you? Who says that? Do people say that? We know a couple who were like the first year of marriage, like easy. We never fight. But honestly, they still don't fight. I don't know if we're talking about the same couple. We probably are, and I still don't believe anything that's coming out. No, I think we're talking about different couples. No, I do know a couple. They didn't. I mean, they they're good. Like they're like consistent. Marriage is still hard. I don't think they said the couple I'm thinking of does not say that marriage isn't hard, but they actually don't fight. Okay, I. Anyway, this is a tangent. What I'm saying is, yes, the Pearsons are trying to recreate perfect Jack and Rebecca, and perfect Jack and Rebecca don't exist. And I think that's going to give them trouble. Okay. That was the longest point, non-point, non-point, point. point. I mean, I'm not even going to ask what else stands out. Well, what would Randall do stands out, right? Because well, yes. that is now, like, according to Stellan K. Brown, this is your next famous bumper sticker. What would Randall do? Yes, I think you're absolutely correct. Let's <laughs> see if I get this right. Nope. Uh, I was going to go into my best tweets of the week. Okay. I got one that has that, so we'll come back to what we're ready to do. Uh, Jen Efferent says, gotta love Toby. Toby, out of all the things you told me about this guy, him having a MySpace is the creepiest thing. 
Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, what else we got? Uh, let's see. So another, um, another best. Uh, Arena says, "You were broken in all the right places." I hated this quote. Oh my gosh! This was the like I was like, dude. I mean, basically saying you were broken in all the right places for me to take advantage, advantage of, of you. you. Like, like that, like, that might have been the creepiest thing. I, which makes me <sighs> just uh, because then he knew, like he, it wasn't just that he. Oh, uh, it literally is the creepiest thing I've ever heard someone say on television. Uh, Enjoy the journey says you kill off Randall's mom before we get to enjoy the idea of him finding her alive and leave us with Mark's low down, dirty self. I feel like I need Randall's therapist. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I do want to say, I, how did you feel about the fact that we won't get to meet Laurel in the present? I feel fine about it only because I really agree with Kelly's point that if we were to go down the similar road of him finding her and then trying to connect, it is very similar to William, Mm -hmm. but how beautiful is it going to be to see her through someone's eyes who loved her and can then show us Randall, Beth, the girls, all the things that she loved and hopefully shows like this beautiful new Orleans. Yeah. Like, I don't know how they're Nolan, filming that. I'm excited. But, you know, oh, maybe they've already shot it. I don't know. But that I'm excited to see that because I think that's a beautiful way to experience someone is through someone else's eyes. And then he's not. Imagine if he had found her in 2015, right? Let's say the mm-hmm. show started before when it started. She had breast cancer. He had then has to watch her die, too. Like, that's a lot. So here's something that I just thought about. And this is. It's a crazy theory, sure. Randall is someone who's both his biological father and his biological mother died of cancer. Yep. You're going where you're going. Listen. No, I know where you're going because I already thought about this. Listen. My father has been battling cancer. And now every physical I have, every medical issue I have, the question that comes up is, yep. has anybody in your family had cancer? They want to know the medical history of your father and your mother. Mm-hmm. Randall has lived his most of his life not being able to answer those questions. And now when he gets his, phys- his next physical, he has a cold or a cough or anything. The question on the, on the form is going to be, who in your family has battled cancer? And he is going to have to say, my mother and father. He, What happens to him from a, a medical standpoint puts him in a now a new high-risk category. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, and Randall's super healthy and that has nothing to do with it. Sure. So it's just- But what will that now mean for his daughters? And it, there's a, there's a, very subtly, that line- Opened up a whole bunch of like, oh my god. Okay, stop freaking the people out. All right, I'm stop freaking the people out. Thank you. Uh, We don't have that many seasons. No, we don't. All right. Uh another best quote of the week. Alana says, When Randall says Zoom schooling is a unique version of hell, I felt that in my soul. I feel that in my soul, Alana. 
if you only knew <laughs> what was going on in our household tonight, yesterday, and today, and today. But yeah, t- today there was a plan. Yesterday there was panic when Z- when couldn't get into the Zoom classroom, and everybody's upset, and everybody's freaking out, and everybody's no, everybody's not upset. Okay. Key was not upset. Okay. Key was managing Key the was upset. Managing. He just settled in the upsetness around her. <laughs> so it just is what it is sometimes. Yes, I, I saw that. Let me tell you, like the level of like meditation piece I've had to come to be an apparent in this. Oh man. There's I mean, yeah. Literally, I spent my evening tonight setting up Zoom sessions between different computers. To see what was wrong with our kids' computer. Downloading updates of Zoom. To see if we can get this thing working. And it still doesn't work. And Cloud's a tech guy. Like, like that's how I'm spending. Like, I work all day. Okay. I'm just saying. It's, just, this is it's a, fine. This is it's a fine. We can stop venting about Zoom. It's okay. fine. It's fine. It's fine. And finally, here we go. This is what you wanted to see. I'm giving the people what they want. See, you're scared mentally. mentally. She said, stop it, Clyde. Stop. <laughs> stop. Uh, what would Randall do? This is the new hashtag. New bumper sticker. You feeling this? I mean, look, he just profiled it. He had this ready to go. It was ready. I got to say, Sterling, I don't know who your graphics people are. This looks great, man. Like, this is fantastic. I I saw that and I was like, how do I get a WWCD? What would Clyde do? I mean, I'm just saying, how do I get one? Because that's... You know, not to mention, you know, the shirt's hot. Like I'm, I'm a fan, but I just thought, I couldn't tell. A little bit fan, couldn't tell. Okay, all. all right, we've we've just we're we're talking. We're an hour in. Let's yes. wrap it up. Okay, get back to my doc. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so we're we're okay. So I definitely want to say before we go any further, um, I just want to give a shout out to our patrons. Um, and just thank you for your support. Like seriously, when you think about, particularly in a, a pandemic and, 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 you know, the cost of servers and, and all the equipment that, that we used to bring the show, I just want to say for those of us who are part of our Patreon team, thank you so much. You can always support us and becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash this is us. And for our new patrons, I'm not going to mention you by name, because I, but I do want to say thank you. And I appreciate and acknowledge that you um, are part of helping us do what we do each and, and every episode. So, so thank you for that. All right, key biggest takeaways from this episode. Closure is important. Mm, what I'm not yeah. saying is to show up at your uh, ex's record store in the middle of a pandemic, but I think, you know, whatever poetry you need to write, whatever letters you need to send or not send or just tuck away or things like that, I think it's important to, you know, wrap some of those things up. And so, yeah, I mean, if there's any year to get closure, come on, guys. Yeah. It's this year. And by the way, Melanie did mention that, you know, teenage kids like to get the vinyls. And so record stores are open and they are they are there. She also mentioned that she got her vinyls from like Amazon and Target. But yes. Well, hey, (laughs) Um, I think for me, my biggest takeaway is um, compromising communication. CNC. 
right? Um, and not just for Kevin and Madison, but I think in any relationship, especially when you're in the middle of a pandemic and things are stressful, can we all just give each other a little bit of grace, have some conversations, and look for ways that we can work together? All right, Key. Let's see. You want to hit us with a little bit of housekeeping? Yes. Well, I just want to say um, the episode Birth Mother is supposed to air next Tuesday the 12th. And it looks like after that, an episode called There is supposed to air on the 19th. There? There. Just T-H-E-R-E. T-H-E-R-E. Not T-H-E. Uh, not th. If you're gonna, if you're, if you're gonna do that, you just gotta it's get your T-H-E-Y spelling. T h e y apostrophe r e. Not that one either. Not there. 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 The first one. There. Thanks. Okay. Um, here. So, Is it here? Or there? No, it's there. So, worth most next week looks like that might be the New Orleans episode. Like, wouldn't that be awesome if we get that next week? That yes, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. After that, we don't know, guys. We don't know. As one of our listeners mentioned. As you know, most of you know in the world, LA is a hot spot. They had to halt production. So I don't know what's going to happen after that. So just stay tuned. And we'll, when we know, you'll know. And now stay tuned, stay safe. Um, I'm not, it's not a PSA, but stay safe. Do whatever you need to do to be safe. On multiple levels. On multiple levels. This day in America is one for the books. This one. <laughs> Uh, all right, Key, hit us with the housekeeping. If you want to support us, please subscribe. It's different from downloading. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to us. Write a review. We love hearing from you, and it helps people find out about the podcast as well. Honestly, since we're going to be inside, you know, share with your friends. Watch This Is Us. Listen to the podcast. It's a good time. What else are we doing? Yeah. I don't know. For, for those of you who are watching us live, we appreciate it. It's been fun. I love to see the comments bring you into the show uh you know i don't know if we'll do more of this maybe i mean gosh if i get good sleep the night before this is more likely to happen okay (laughs) well hopefully we'll do we'll do some more of this i just want to thank you for listening to this is us with key and clyde this is us with key and clyde is an independent podcast the show is produced by key and clyde hands you forgot who was i'll just make sure the people knew because you know sometimes they might think that you're clyde and i'm key and that would be crazy. So I just was pointing. This is key. I'm Clyde. Uh, you can find us online at keyandclyde.com, facebook.com slash this is this pod, and keyandclyde at gmail, and on Twitter and on Instagram. Leave us a voicemail, 512-765-6126. Have you checked the voicemail? Uh, no, no. That would be a no. Sorry. If Paula, if you sent one. We didn't hear listen to it yet. We do love you though. Which is an audio clips appear courtesy of NBC. You can watch This Is Us on Tuesdays. Hopefully a lot of Tuesdays at some point. NBC app, NBC.com, and on Hulu. Melanie, tell Mike I want to see him in the chat. Until next week, This Is Us with Key and Clyde. Out. out.